evening and welcome to another edition of the Free Valleys Radio Racing Show. Hopefully by the time you hear this recording, the weather will have relented a little bit. And we can talk about what's been happening this week. got all our usual guests on the show tonight including Richard Phillips, Dave Wilson, Colin Brown, Simon Holt from The Sporting Life and we've also got a word with Noel Feely about his racing syndicates. So let's start as we always do with all the racing news from Mr. Mike Padden. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news across the racing media with me, Mike Padden. And here's our first story. The Clarence House Chase has been moved to Cheltenham next week following the cancellation of Ascot's six race card on Saturday. Ascot was among a number of tracks forced to cancel meetings this week due to frozen ground, but the BHA confirmed the Grade 1 has been rescheduled and that it will be sponsored by Albert Bartlett, having been set to be backed by fashion company LK Bennett. The regulators said the move was possible thanks to the support of the levy board, which will pay the normal freight prize money and an additional contribution of a total of £46,000. The £90,000 Clarence House Chase, which had to be moved to Cheltenham in 2013 and 2017, attracted three declarations, with champion Chase winner Energamines set to take on last month's Tingle Creek winner Edwardstone and the outsider Amarillo Sky. Energamines trainer Willie Mullins has indicated that his star chaser is an intended runner at Cheltenham for the rearranged contest. There were eight entries for the original race, but Fugitive, Funambul Sivola, Minella Drama, Messia Deobo and Sizing Potsy were not declared. Their connections will have an opportunity to enter again next week. As per the BHA policy on rescheduling early closing races, the race will revert to the original entry stage and progress through confirmations on Monday before final declarations on Thursday. Cheltenham is set to stage nine races, including the Grade 2 Paddy Power Cotswold Chase and the Glen Farkless Cross Country Handicap Chase, rescheduled from the track's cancelled meeting in November. The Clarence House was won last season by Shiskin, who denied Emergamine in a thrilling contest at Ascot before he reversed the places at the festival in March. The race has been won by a number of champion chase winners, including Altior and Sprinter Sacre. Mullins won the last time the race was run at Cheltenham with Indesieur, who landed the second of his three victories in the race when beating Uxisandre under Ruby Walsh. And next here on the Racing News. Flyline cemented his place among the greatest horses to have raced on the flat after joining the legendary Frankel on a rating of 140 
a figure he was deemed more than worthy of by leading British trainers John Gosden and William Haggis. Frankel has been held aloft as the benchmark for brilliance by international handicappers since ending his remarkable unbeaten career on a mark of 140, which put him out on his own after the international classifications, which had been in place since 1977, were recalibrated in 2013 by former BHA head of handicapping Phil Smith. However, Flightline was crowned 2022 Longines World's Best Racehorse at a ceremony in London on Tuesday with his devastating 19 and a half length victory in the Grade 1 Pacific Classic at Del Mar in September, equal to the best performance produced by Frankel. Flightline's rating was head and shoulders above anything recorded by the next greatest dirt performer in the history of the rankings, the 135 achieved by 1996 champion Cigar, and also £5 clear of the runner-up in the World Horse Rankings, Baid, who was named the best turf horse in the world last year. I think it's right, said John Gosden, when asked to compare the ratings of Flightline and Frankel. You've got a great dirt horse and a great turf horse you're comparing. Flightline had an incredibly fluent stride, and if you watch him, it never falters. Even in the final two furlongs, it's the same fluent action. That's what he shares with Frankel, that incredible stride and the ability to make it look easy. Flightline's trainer, John Sadler, said it warmed my heart to see Gosden among the fascinated onlookers crowding around the paddock before the Breeders' Cup Classic, which was rated as the best flat race run during 2022. The manner of Flightline's victories arguably left the door ajar for him to be rated even higher than 140. That's according to Haggis, who said, He certainly deserves his rating, and I don't know how he didn't get more. It's hard to rate a horse who's so dominant like that. He's a tougher horse to rate than Baid, for example. Sadler labelled Flightline, who was unbeaten in six starts, as a, quote, remarkable horse, but did not feel the comparisons with other champions was a worthwhile exercise, he said. The comparison with other horses is a joy killer, as there's no winner there. Horses are hard to compare. He's certainly the best we've seen in America for quite a while. He was so fast and could carry that over a distance of ground. We watched Frankel run and I felt that it was a good comparison to make between the two last year when he was racing. When these horses are running, it's hard to be too aggressive in your comments as is bad luck. And we always respected everyone we ran against. Now it's all over, we can truly tell how great he is. Flightline was retired to stud after his Breeders' Cup Classic with a 2.5% share in him selling for $4.6 million shortly afterwards and Sadler had no regrets about the decision to stop. He said, My focus for two years was that I wanted to make sure I marched alongside the horse. I missed a lot of things, family dinners, and might have left some people upset. But I wanted to be next to Flightline on the journey. Everything over the two years has come second to Flightline. What was best for us was for him to carry on racing for two more years. But we always wanted to do what was best for Flightline, and he was ready to go to stud. Hopefully he can have another story from here. He added, Increasingly we're going to be competing in races where there is no medication. That's where we're headed. 
This horse always ran without medication, and I think that's an achievement in itself. While Flightline headed the overall rankings, Maid was clear of the remaining horses in the rankings with his rating of 135. With Equinox and Nature Strip on 126, and Verdeni, the next highest rated European horse, on 125. Hager said, It's been fantastic. I kept saying to everyone in the yard last year to make sure they enjoyed it as we wouldn't get another horse like this. He had a brilliant mind, he had the underlying talent, and he was a sound horse. You don't usually get all three in one package. Maybe two, sometimes one, often none. I wish I could say we could repeat it with another horse, but I doubt it. Next, here on the Racing News. Billy Lufnane continued his remarkable start to the new year after he secured his seventh win in five days on Alkeed. The 16-year-old jockey has started his career in spectacular form and is just one success away from ending his seven-pound claim, despite only riding his first winner under rules in November. Lufnane claimed 13 wins in January and was on the board again at Wolverhampton in the six-furlong Phillies handicap with Al Heed completing a hat-trick for owners Steve and Anita Mayers. His father and trainer Mark Lufnane told Sky Sports Racing to see Billy's transformation from the pony racing is brilliant. I keep saying it's just awesome. It's the best feeling ever. He rides so well and his confidence is good. I'm blowing him up all the time and I need to stop because he's blowing himself up now. It's great Billy is out and the horses are running well. 11 weeks ago it was, this is Billy, Mark's son. Now it's, this is Mark, Billy's dad. I'm just smiling. It's a proud house. The yard's strong form continued with a treble after Serenity Rose scored in the one-mile half-furlong Phillies maiden stakes under Luke Morris and One Love took the seven-furlong classified stakes with Cam Hardy. Next, here on the Racing News. Holly Doyle missed her four rides at Kempton on Tuesday after she sustained a possible fractured elbow at Wolverhampton on Monday. The classic winning rider was thrown to the ground when her mount, Archie Watson's The Perfect Crown, came down with two furlongs to travel and was fatally injured in the seven furlong claiming stakes at the evening meeting. Doyle missed her two remaining rides at the track before going to Swindon Hospital, where she had x-rays taken of her elbow. The jockey will be assessed by a BHA-appointed specialist on Tuesday. Doyle said... I don't really know the extent of the injury yet. I went to Swindon Hospital where I had some x-rays. Jerry Hill, the BHA medical officer, has seen them and he is sending me to one of his specialists today. I feel fine, but I can't ride today as my elbow is too sore. Hopefully it's nothing too bad and maybe in a few days I can get full movement back. On the circumstances of her fall, Doyle added, I went over the horse's head when he broke both front legs, which was a freak accident. I don't know how long I'll be out, but hopefully not too long, and I'll know more later on today. Doyle, who registered her second-best domestic tally of 151 winners in 2022, has ridden nine winners so far this season since returning from a successful stint in Japan. And finally, here on the Racing News this week... 
Luke Morris partnered his 2000th winner in Britain after winning the five furlong handicap at Southwell on Colours of Freedom for Archie Watson. Morris, widely regarded as one of the hardest working jockeys in the weighing room, reached 2000 winners globally last month. The 34-year-old became the sixth jockey currently riding in Britain to get the 2000 flat winner mark, emulating Ryan Moore, Frankie Dutori, Jamie Spence, Paul Hannigan and Joe Fanning. He said, I'm immensely proud. I'm very lucky to have lots of loyal contacts, great trainers and owners, as well as an understanding family who have always supported me. This is something I've wanted to do since I was six and they've been supportive since the very start. I set myself a goal every year to ride 100 winners and hopefully ride a Group 1 winner. Luckily, it's worked out quite well for me, but you have to keep your work ethic every year and keep your head down. I've always been ambitious and I hope that will stay with me for a long time. Morris began riding in 2005 and his first winner came at Southwell in November that year when Carefilly Gale won a seven furlong handicap. His best return came when he rode 189 winners in 2014 and 2015 while he has ridden more than 100 victories each year since 2011. Morris enjoyed a brilliant 2022 with 103 wins in Britain and enjoyed three Group 1 victories on Alpinista. Two of those came abroad, culminating in a popular success in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe in October for longtime Ali Sir Mark Prescott. He has ridden nine top-level winners, with six of them coming aboard Alpinista, two with Sprinter Marsha and a breakthrough Group 1 triumph on Gilt Edge Girl in the 2010 Prix de la Valle. Morris added, Of the British winners, Marsha winning the Nunthorpe and Alpinista in the Yorkshire Oaks are very much my highlights. They were special days, especially winning them for Sir Mark and loyal owners in the Elite Racing Club and Miss Kirsten Rawsing. He continued, I'm very much hoping there will be plenty more days like that. You just hope that the ball keeps rolling year in, year out, and just keep the number tally very high. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media. Join us again next week, when we'll do it all again. Thanks for listening. Right, well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media, and now let's find out where we can go racing this coming weekend. Well, we'll start with nine races over the jumps at Cheltenham with an 11.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather, 12.33 start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 12.47 start. Seven races over the jumps at Doncaster with a 12.55 start. Seven races on the flat at Kempton on the all-weather with a 5.30 start. And there are two meetings in America one at Kenilworth and one at Gulfstream Park. And on Sunday, there are just the two meetings, seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield with a 1.10 start and seven races over the jumps at Fobwell with a 1.30 start. And now it's time to catch up with our latest equine superstar. Equine superstars. This week we're looking at Golden Horn. The brown colt was born on the 27th of March 2012. 
His sire was Cape Cross, his dam Flechtor. His owner and breeder was Anthony Oppenheimer. He was trained by John Gosden and his jockey for the majority of his big races was Frankie Dettori. During his career, he won the Fielden Stakes, the Dante Stakes, the Epsom Derby, the Eclipse Stakes, the Irish Champion Stakes, and the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, all in 2015. He awards, he won the Cartier Champion three-year-old Colt in 2015, and he was also the Cartier Horse of the Year in 2015. He now stands at stud at Dalham Hall Stud, in partnership with Sheikh Mohammed. Now let's go back and remember one of Golden Horn's classic wins. Bidding for racing history here. They're lined up and they're off. Racing in the 2015 Qatar Prix de l'Art de Triomphe and Trev's pacemaker Shahar straight into the lead from New Bay, very handy in second in the Pink Cat. Golden Horn is ridden forward by Frankie Dettori on the wide outside, apart from the other runners at the moment, weirdly detached from the rest of the field from his wide position. In behind the leaders is Flincher in the green cap, Erupt is on the inside. And then behind these uh, is Dolnaya in a noseband, Manatee, then Free Eagle, Siljan Saga, and then Eagle top towards the inside, Fryne, and Trev has been manoeuvred towards the outside, Silver Jacket, Maroon Cap by Thierry Jeanne, out of trouble, was drawn towards the inner, but now towards the right of your picture, with behind Trev then is Tapestry and Silver Wave, and Prince Gibraltar, and in a colour change, Spirit Jim in the white jacket at the back of the field swinging the top right hander and Shahar leads the way now Frankie's got Golden Horn into the inside he's secured just about his ideal position there followed by on the inside New Bay in the pink cap Flincher in the green cap as they run downhill Dolnaya then erupt followed by Free Eagle Siljan Saga Manatee Trevis on the outside into about 10th or 11th place now as they race towards the false straight, Shahar from Golden Horn. Then in third is Flincher, followed by New Bay, Dolnaya, Erupt, Siljan Saga, Free Eagle goes well, Pat Smullen in the white sleeves, followed by Trev out wide, keeping in Tapestry, and then Eagle top, Manatee to the inside, Prince Gibraltar, well back is found at the moment, also well back is Spirit Jim, Silver Wave and Fryne. They're about to turn for home in the arc, and Shahar leads the way, Trev now making rapid headway on the right, Shahar led them in from Golden Horn, they're followed by Flincher and New Bay up the inside. Trev unleashing a run out wide from Free Eagle as they run inside the final two furlongs. The Derby winner Golden Horn struck the front. Trev is trying to get on terms. Then Flincher and New Bay. Frankie Dettori on Golden Horn leading the way inside the final furlong from Flincher. Trev down the outside in a bid for history, but she's not going to get there. And Golden Horn has won the arc from his second Flincher. Second again. Third and fourth tight between New Bay and Trev. She could never quite reel in Golden Horn. Running on well down the outside was Prince Gibraltar, followed by Silver Wave, Siljan Saga, well beaten Eagle Top, Dolnaya, Tapestry, and Shahar. Anthony Oppenheimer's 
Golden Horn winning the 2015 Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. That was this week's equine superstar, Golden Horn. Without doubt, these days, the way to go racing is to get involved with a syndicate. Um, I myself have done it with Hot to Trot, which was a, a, a really successful time. And uh, there are loads of other syndicates going around. And uh, one in particular could be deemed to be the most successful, and that's the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate. So I thought, well, let's go and find out from the man himself. So I got hold of Noel Feely. And this is what Noel had to tell us about his very successful syndicate well good afternoon Noel. thank you very much for coming on the show um we're going to talk about horse racing syndicates and you appear to have one of the most successful ones that's knocking around at the moment uh you know what prompted you to start it was it just the fact that you'd obviously given up riding or you know was this always the plan how, how did you see it no uh to be honest it was something when i did finish riding um so something myself and Dave across spoke about, and we do it together. And um, we decided we'd give it a go with a, with a couple of horses. And um, the first one, first one went there one first time out, so our first runner was a winner. And then I suppose it kind of snowballed from there, really. And um, it's just kind of taken off and probably gone a lot further than I anticipated it would do. But uh, we've had, we had a great run, and we're very happy with it. Looking at your website, you know you've got twenty is it twenty on four twenty four horses in training. Do you do you class yourself as a trainer or do you class yourself as a a syndicate operator? Syndicate manager, I suppose I'd say yeah. Um, uh, I yeah I, I kind of manage the syndicates. We buy the horses and we sell the the mem we sell the members the shares and um, then I kind of we kind of myself and David Cross we kind of run it between us and keep in contact with the trainers regularly and regular updates um and we kind of manage it that way and you you've got um i mean it looks like a top 10 of, of of trainers training the horses at the moment obviously you've got your top two seem to be love of envoy and tamarus but um with yes. paul nichols and harry fry but you've you know you've got dan skelton tom george anthony honeyball who's literally just down the road from me um nicky henderson yep. tom lacy Ian Williams, Fergal, O'Brien, John Joe O'Leo, Alan King. I mean, it's just the list is endless. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, we have we have a good list of trainers. I think there's about I think there's about fifteen or so trainers, something like that. So um, yeah, we have a good good bunch of trainers, and they're all they're all the top trainers in the country, probably. So uh, uh, yeah, it works it works well that way. You know, we've had a great relationship with all the trainers when I was riding. Mm. Um, kind of we know how they think and they probably know how we think and it works quite well that way yeah uh, but are the um of those 24 horses are they all in in syndicates or or you know or do you just run them for yourself as well no, no they're all syndicated every one of them every one of them uh, everyone's syndicated um there's 10 members so we sell 10 percent shares in, in every horse we buy Mm. Um, so every horse we have is, is sold out, so which is which is great, um, and we're looking for the next ones kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's always it's always ten ten percent shares we sell, and then and then we kind of manage it from there. Then. So when you say ten percent shares, so in other words, if there was if there was ten, you, you wouldn't have more than ten people in the syndicate then, basically. No, no, it's always always ten per horse. Yeah. Right. We sell ten percent shares in every horse, uh, at ten percent of whatever the horse cost, and um, 
that's that seems to work well because you can always get them get everyone into the race course, get tickets and everything else. So yeah. um, it works well that way, you know. So uh, I think bigger numbers it probably dilutes it a bit too much. If if I was a uh, came to you for some advice and said, okay, Noel, I want to I want to start a, a syndicate. I've got a horse. I mean, how how yeah. difficult is is it to start a syndicate for you know starting from scratch? Is it a difficult job or not? Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably it probably wasn't that easy to start to be honest because um, people are not sure what your what your up to sort of thing. Mm. Um, but as time has gone on, it's been more successful. It's become a bit easier, I suppose, as in the more success we're having, people are kind of approaching us now to join the syndicate. So that kind of uh, makes our life a lot easier than it than it used to be. You know, um, when we first started out, we were big borrowing and stealing trying to get people to put their name down to share on a horse but yeah. Um, yeah, the more success we've had um, it's become it's become easier to get people involved or they probably come to us more now than we go to them pretty much and it, uh, is, is it 2988 for two for two years or is that for a year 299 a month uh, 299 a month for it's a two year contract um, oh, I see, so yeah. that covers that covers that covers all your um, expenses, your transport, your vet training fees, veterinary fees, entry fees, jockey fees. So that co- covers everything that way. And um, so everyone that comes in, they know what they're paying, they know what they're getting involved in when they're starting, and um, uh, it's all there kind of before they get involved. They know what they're what they're signing up to. Mm. But I mean, it seems to me that you you've got the sort of kind of miss because I I was in. Um, hot to trot for a couple of years and um yeah the first year i have to say it was pretty good um the second year it wasn't quite so good last year um uh, you know i think um sam hoskins would be the first one to admit that last year wasn't as good as the year before but um yeah. obviously uh well his was what did i pay two grand a year i think i paid for mine in, in hot to trot um, but we yeah. did we did get a share of the of the prize money and, and you know the, yeah. the year before we had a really good horse in heartwarming that it, it it won a a group race so obviously you know that made a bit of a difference the year before but you know the fact you've got yeah. twenty one winners in the twenty one twenty two season and then fifty seven yeah. of them were in the first four I mean that must make life a lot easier from a point of view of pulling in the owners yeah definitely. Um... Yeah, we try to buy horses that are that are progressive. Um, and the minute we think they're not progressive and they can't win races, we we tend to move them on because I think it sours people if you go on racing and you're not competitive. So um, I think as long as they're competitive and they're picking up a bit of prize money, it keeps everyone happy. And we, you know, we do the same. If you're ten percent uh, shareholder, you get you get ten percent of whatever the horse wins in prize money. So. At least they're getting a little bit back. Um, I think which is very important. Yeah, yeah, quite. Well, I had to, I had to make a choice of mine because I, I needed a new car, so the horse went by the base and had to get a new car. So. But um, right. as soon as I got over the the shock of having to buy a new car, I I might well come on to you and give you a shout. But um, but of yeah, the yeah. of the horses you've got, um, Tamaris and Lavenvoy certainly seem to be the the, the, the trailblazers at the moment. Um, Talk, yeah. talk about Tamaris first. I mean, with Paul Nichols, um, looks looks a, a tidy horse to me from what I can see on the television. Anyway, yeah, you know, he, look, he's been a fantastic horse. We loved him. We bought him, and he's progressed. Um, and he's probably ended up better than we probably could even have hoped for. Um, 
you have to go and win the tall works of grade one. That was like beyond beyond our wildest dreams, I suppose. But um, and now he goes to Cheltenham for the supreme life contender. So uh, he's a fantastic horse to have, and we're delighted to have him. And then uh, again, another trainer who's literally, you know, I'm right in the thick of it down here. I, I live, I, I live just literally two miles from Harry Fry, uh, from Anthony Honeyball. Uh, Harry Fry was was well, he's moved now, hasn't he? Over to um, uh, where's he moved to? I can't think what it's called now. But um, uh, yes, uh, I can't think off the top of my head. No, but, uh, I can't. Yeah. But I, I know it's not far from here anyway. But before he was at Seabro and and uh, yeah, he was yeah. rent, renting it from. Uh, do you know Jeremy Barber? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Do. Well, yeah. I, know, I know Jeremy very well. He's a good mate of mine. Um, so, yeah. but and then, um, but I mean, Love Envoy again is is another live one for Cheltenham, surely, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Um, she was brilliant last year. She only got beat once at the end of the season, um, and she's won her two stars this year. So she again, she goes to Cheltenham with a, She's a massive chance, I think. Um, she's probably, I'd say, if if not the best mare in, in the country now. So, hmm. um, obviously, the Irish will bring over a battalion of them, but uh, I think she goes there with a massive chance, and uh, whatever beats her, we'll know they've had a race, I think. Do you, do you think that this year does seem a little bit different in so much as that the Irish horses aren't having quite such a, uh, a successful run as they did last year? Uh, I think when it, when it comes to Cheltenham, there's so many good horses in Ireland at the minute. I think they'll be very hard to beat again. Yeah. Uh, I do think that's probably a better bunch in, in the UK this year. But um, the Irish will be hard to beat come Cheltenham in March. It's the same every year, I think. Hmm. And of those 24 horses that you've got syndicated, can you can you give our listeners a, a live chance, uh, you know, coming up to Cheltenham that, that, that you know, that, that you fancy? Uh, we're running a nice mare. I think she'd probably run on Friday um, called, called Royal Dance. I think she's quite good um, yeah. for Dan Skelton. Um, and we've a nice horse. We've got a Kempton on the end of February, a horse called Hansard. I think he's quite good, and he'd probably he'd probably go on to he'd probably go on to um, Aintree, Liverpool. Right. So right. Um, I think I think he's quite a decent horse, and if the timing of the of the Kempton race wasn't so close to Cheltenham, yeah, he probably would go to Cheltenham. But um, timing wise, it'll probably work better to take him to Aintree. Uh, and I suppose you know, being a, albeit a retired, but you were a very successful jockey. Uh, makes life a little bit easier, I should think, when it comes to ITV racing, what have you, because they always give your horses plenty of good publicity. Yes, well, it all helps. <laughs> it does give <laughs> publicity, I suppose. Yeah, and you know, are you going to, as long as you've got the the the, the owners interested, are you going to keep going with it, and and you know, and keep in, increasing the number of horses that you you're going to syndicate? Yeah, we might increase it a little bit, but I wouldn't think we'd increase it much more than we have it because, you know, there's some horses coming to in the contract, so we'll have to replace them um, and to try and add a few more to the team. You know, it's it's not easy to find that many horses, and so um, we we might increase it a little bit, but it it wouldn't be any more than probably a couple of more horses, I'd say. That's what I'd be thinking anyway. Well, if it's any if it's any help to you, would you mind if I give you a call every so often and just sort of do a little do, ca- yeah, yeah, do a little no catch up on how no each one of them's going? Because um, I think yeah, no listeners yeah. would be interested. I, I'd be interested, um, and if it get, helps you a bit of publicity, then then why not? You know. 
that'd be no problem, yeah. Uh, yeah, excellent. excellent. Okay, well, we'll have a go at that then. Um, well, look, thank you ever so much, Noel, for that. It's, it's been uh, enlightening, to say the least. And um, as soon as, I, as I, say, I get over the new car, I'll have to <laughs> give you a shout to see what you've yeah. got for me. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <laughs> that, or I'll spend it all on donuts. I don't know. One or the other, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. It'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Okay, no, well, thanks. It's lovely to talk again. Anyway, and thank you very much for thank that. You, yeah. and, and we'll talk again soon. Probably, I'll give you sort of maybe, so, maybe yeah. once a month or something, if that's okay with you. That'll do. It'll be okay. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Noel. Speak thank to you, you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, there, talking about his very successful racing syndicate. And uh, if you decide you'd like to get involved in the syndicate, just check them out. But uh, certainly, Knowles is a very successful one, and, and Hot to Trot, which I was involved with, is also a very successful syndicate. So uh, both of these can be recommended. A little bit of news now from the Coral Racing Club. Conservative finished six on his Coral Racing debut. In what was a competitive Class 3 handicap, Conservative finished a very respectable six on his debut for the club. He was alert out of the stalls and Connor managed to get him into a nice position early on, right behind the leader council. Travelling streetly throughout, as they came around the home bend, Connor started to push the button to see how much Conservative had given and he responded well. Battling on all the way down the home straight. It was only in the final furlong and a half that he started to tire as his rivals went on, including the eventual winner, Al Hurum. So, a pretty good start there for Conservative in the Coral Racing Club. And don't forget, you can join for free. So, what's stopping you? Well, now we're going to catch up with local trainer Joe Tizard. Joe, of course, is a member of the Coral Racing Club, so we'll be talking to him about that, plus his Cheltenham prospects. Well, good morning, Joe. Thanks for joining us on the show again. I don't quite know where to start, really, so I think I want to talk the Clarence House. Now, um, as we know, it was lost to the weather, and um, I gather it's going to be run again at Cheltenham on Saturday, um, and you've got Amarillo Sky entered. But what I don't understand is, um, when when the race was cancelled on Saturday, there was only the three runners, and obviously, from your perspective... If you'd have got round, I presume you would have had a nice little slice of um, prize money for coming third in a race with 99,000 prize pot. Yeah. So. It would have been, well, 75 grand last weekend. You know, and to finish third was 18 and a half grand. Um, yeah. In reopen, there's no six runners in it. And, um, and, and you know, it's a 90 grand race, and so third prize is, is nine and a half grand. So mm. it's been a big. Um, I don't know where this prize money disappears to, but there's been a big cut in the prize money. And it's um, yeah. 55,000 uh, this time. No, 52,000. For the winner, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's nowhere near, as, nowhere near as, as appealing as what it was, but you know, it's. Um, We've committed to the race again, and there's six runners this time. And um, yeah, I mean, I committed the whole way through. I made the early entry stage. I committed the whole way through. What they, what the BHA says, that's this is their rules, and they, um, um, this is a, a rearranged race, so it goes back to the original entries, and, and yeah. that's what always, happens. you know, yeah. it, um, no more paid two and a half grand to to put his horse in as well so um, 
you know, it's the same we missed last week. Um, I guess another time it might work in my favour if I wasn't able to run a horse, but it certainly hasn't hasn't this time round. No, exactly. It's certainly, and I mean this this whole sort of cold snap. I mean, I I presume it's caused a certain amount of uh, disruption to your plans. Yeah, the one before Christmas, the cold snap was fine, you know, because because that was. You know, you expect it at some point, but this ten days has been been a nightmare to be honest. You know, it's backed everything right up. You know, I can't get runs in the novice hurdlers and things. Mm. Horses that I perhaps planned for in a month's time, you know, and they haven't been able to run. So, um, um, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. But we can't do a lot about the weather. Um, no. Backed up a bit. You know, we were late getting going because it was particularly dry autumn. Now we've had. Um, Basically, the best part of three weeks we've lost to weather now. So, um, you know, just just makes for a for a short a short season, which is, um, you know, just just puts everybody on top of each other. Yeah, quite. And um, obviously, we got this this meeting at Cheltenham on Saturday. Um, but looking to the, the you know the big Cheltenham festival, uh, it's not that far away now. What is it? About five five weeks, something like that. Um, how how are your your team looking? Well, the team are looking fine. I mean, we just got we got prep runs within the next fortnight. Lots of prep runs. Um, you know, I we haven't got we haven't got the big guns of old to go to to Cheltenham with, but we'll have a few in the handicaps and and um, got a couple entered in the Gold Cup, and so so we'll have a few to go there with. But how it goes, you know, when you get lucky buying horses at some spells, and and at the moment we're we, we haven't got a cue card or a native river or a thistle track, so. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to pick and choose the ones we take there and, and hopefully um, hopefully they'll do us proud. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll be... Uh, looking at them now, what would you say is your, your, your standout sort of chance, do you think? At Cheltenham, um, you know, we're going to run Aldrado Allen in the Gold Cup and he's been, he's, been, he's been placed twice and against the best. You know, we might stick some headgear on him so that'll... Hopefully he's got an outside chance in the Gold Cup. Um Oscar's elite's been placed in the last two, last two um, Cheltenham festivals. Been second and third. You know he comes good in the spring. So although he's been disappointing this season, he always comes good in the spring. So hoping he could run well in the Ultima again. Um, you know the likes of Amarillo Sky. He'll tell us on Saturday whether he should be in a champion chase or he wants to run in one of the handicaps. But he's a progressive young horse. And um, big breakaway. Hope Big breakaway. Well, he's, he's, he's the nationals his main target. So is it right? In a race, but the, the nationals his main target. Um, and then uh, hopefully we'll qualify. Um, hopefully we'll qualify the changing man tomorrow in a attempt. And um, and then I've got a non-stop who hopefully if he runs one at Warwick next week or will be high enough in the ratings to sneak into a into a Fred Winter. So, so we've got some nice handicap horses to take yeah. there. So, so generally, though, it sounds as though you know you're reasonably upbeat about everything, and it's just a question of getting there really and getting getting a good sort of five or six weeks preparation into them. Yeah, well, the next the next the next couple of weeks, the next runs make a big difference to a couple of horses. You know, they, mm. they need to be early one thirties to sneak into these handicaps and. Um, and if they go and run well and or nearly win and get qualified, then um, then they'll take them take their chances at Cheltenham. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I was going to ask you about um, 
the, the whip controversy it, it goes on and now they've changed it back how do you feel about it i mean it's a a lot of uncertainty about it all the time, isn't it? So, didn't it? About time somebody sort of came down and said, well, this is it, we're going to stick with this now. Yeah, I think it's just the timing's bad, you know. It's, um, from, what the, from what the jockeys are saying, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing this in and they're bedding in period at, at the moment, but it's been it's going to be highlighted at Cheltenham, you know. It's, mm. They would have preferred brought in in the middle of the summer then they weren't under the spotlight because you can see what's going to happen. The, the boys aren't used to it and then they're going to get to Cheltenham and there's going to be these big bands and the, and the anti-press are going to jump on it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I can totally understand. Why don't they bring the what, the, the flat pool in now so that it's all a bit, so it's all been done not in the spotlight of Royal Ascot and, and bring the jump one in the summer when, when, you haven't, when you're not three weeks before, months before Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, trouble, really. You know, they, they, the boys are, are glad that they've changed the, the whip use, but it seems to be this, this shoulder height thing that's just, yeah. just going to catch people. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, when you've been doing it for, for 15, 10, 15, 20 years, however long they've been doing it, you know, they've got their style. And to me, if it doesn't look bad, it isn't bad. Um mm. You know, they've done all the work on the whips and things, but I, I just, I think they're just worried that it's going to be highlighted at Cheltenham on, on Trestle TV and, and it's going to make the jockeys look bad and there's going to be some severe bans given out. And, you know, that could have been, that could have been done quietly through the summer where there's enough people sort of waiting for something to happen in the sport and let's look after ourselves a little bit. Yeah, quite. And uh, finally, um, you know, tragedy hit you with, with poor cue card um, dying. Um, that must have hit you hard, I should think, because of your association with the horse generally, but also having ridden him. Yeah, it was it was, it was really sad. You know, he's a he's a bloody lovely horse who um who was part of the family really. You know, he came back mm. and became my wife. But 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 also, you know, we knew he was a happy horse and he didn't suffer. Um, and he was where he was at his happiest when it happened. So, um, you know, he was he major things for our yard. But at the same time, he also had a very good retirement. And, and we know that we did everything right by him. So um, it was sad. But, but you can also gain a bit of compensation, as it were, for, because we know that we looked after him well. And he, was, um, he didn't suffer at all. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's nice to hear anyway, isn't it? And, uh... The memories will never die, that's for certain. So I'm sure that will stick with you for the rest of your life anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Joe, thanks for joining us on the show again. Really do appreciate it. Um, best of luck in the next few weeks. Good man, Aidy. Well, that was Joe Tizard, quietly getting ready for Cheltenham. Now we're going to join up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his tips for the week. Well, good morning, Dave. Uh, I gather you had a washed-out weekend last weekend, so you'll be anxious for some action this weekend. Yes, I uh, had a weekend up in uh, Crawley at the Travel Lodge Air. Had five different rooms for various reasons. Oh, and, right. uh, window window handles falling off, air conditioning units had been stolen out of the room, and uh, <laughs> the bathroom door didn't have a handle on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, quite entertaining. And then uh, we had Friday's National Hunt Card cancelled, which we'd already knew about. And then Saturday we had the sand racing up there, which I'm not a fan of at the best of times. And then the National Hunt meeting cancelled on the Saturday, on the Sunday. So uh, it wasn't 
wasn't a very good weekend away, but there you go. It was entertaining at the best of times. So, oh, yeah. uh, there you go. I don't know how you we're keep up with it, living in all these you know, gracious homes that you seem to live in. I mean, you know, I can't believe it. Well, when Travel Lodge are putting them on at £34 a night, it's uh, a no-brainer, really, because the minute you drive away from a racetrack to go home and go back to a racetrack the next day, you're going to spend more than £34 in fuel. So mm. It's a, a, a way-up the situation job each time, and uh, Travel Lodge are really good. There's always an offer on a £34 in a hotel somewhere, so uh, yeah. as long as you don't mind just uh, a night out in a hotel somewhere it's it's a lot cheaper than driving from Lingfield all the way back to Somerset to go back to Kempton or somewhere the following day so, Travel Lodge, the bill will be in the post Yeah, that's it So, a uh, <laughs> bit of advertising for them there as long as they've got window handles on, bathroom door handles on and air conditioning units that haven't been stolen, it'll be good Yeah, right <laughs> So, we're off to Cheltenham uh, now then, are we? Yeah, Cheltenham have got a nine-race card on, on Saturday. They've got a couple of the races which was due to be run at Ascot last Saturday on the card. The Clarence House, which is uh, a clash really between Enerjemain and Edward Stone of Alan Kings. I personally think Enerjemain is rather special, so I, I'd be siding up with him even though he is a bit of odds on. Edward Stone lost his jockey last time out in, a, in, in an unseat, so... Uh, Gary Moore's got Editor De Guy in there, who's third best by a mile. So the play of the race would probably be to take a little chance each way with Editor De Guy at the prices. But if they all stand up, I think Enerjemain will win it from Edwardstone. So that's the Clarence house there. But you're not doing that and in your, in your um, lucky 15? No, he's not in our lucky 15. I'll quickly go over the other races that are on the card. The Cotswold Chase is on the 225, which is going to be a bit of a clash up again. Two horses standing out, which are protector out of Dan Skelton's and Noble Yates, who won the Grand National last year, who's aiming at the Gold Cup this year for Emmett Mullins. And I think, personally, protector out will have too much boot for him. Noble Yates is a is a good horse, but I just don't think he'll be able to quicken up and go with Protector out at the end of a race. So uh, I'd side up with him there. We'll have a look at the three o'clock, which is uh, Cleve Hurdle and the old boys in there, Paisley Park, who seems to be getting better with age. Emma Lavelle's charge, he, he absolutely destroyed him at Kempton last time. Outcome off the last bend and just absolutely blitzed past him like they all stood still made Champ look very pedestrian. So, two other races on the card which we'll have a quick brief look over. You've got the Ballymore Novice Hurdle which is 3.35. Another race which looks to be going the Skelton's way with Pembroke in there. But there's a horse in the race called Henry II and Paul Nichols likes him a lot and I think that he'll be a, a good competitor in the race to take on the Pembroke horse of Dan and Harry Skelton so uh, I know Paul thinks the world of him so uh, we'll see how Henri the second gets on in that one and the last race on the card is uh, Handicap Hurdle and Digit Team I know are very very sweet on the chances of Hacker de Plessis he was priced up about seven to one when the betting opened, and he's been smashed into four to one already. 
so he's there in the last. So we'll go over the four races now, which we've got in the lucky 15, and we're going to be starting off with the 11.40 at Cheltenham. And in that race, we like the chances of Jamie Moore and Gary Moore's charge here, Jupiter de Guy. He is a half-brother to the one we mentioned in the Clarence House, Editor de Guy. Now, he's only had one run on the flat over in France, and he came third that day. But the thing to note is the winner of the race and a horse that finished behind Jupiter de Guy have come out and run in a Class 1 Group 3, and the horse that was behind Jupiter de Guy won the race, and that was called Jeanette, and that's very highly thought of. So obviously Jupiter de Guy's got some boot, and he, he cost €104,000 at the auctions out there. So he wasn't anyway by means a cheap horse. Uh, he come over and he won impressively on his UK debut. He, he beat Klitschko uh, by 15 lengths. Now, Klitschko is one of J.P. McManus's uh, talking horses that's not actually got got a sniff of Jupiter Gee's tail. So it was quite quite taking to see that run. So Jupiter Gee is going to be the first leg of our lucky 15 there in the 11.40. And he's priced up at the moment 3-1 to one with Coles. And I don't think that's going to last too much longer because he's already been backed with a couple of the other firms into five to two already. So that's leg one for us. Okay. Moving down to the 12-10 race, leg two, stage star. We kicked him up last week and unfortunately he got called off. He didn't get his run up at Haydock. Uh, as, we, as we pointed out last last time, he's won two of his three races this year. Um, when he got beat at Newbury, he was odds on favourite. He was found to be off colour the next day. But Paul Nichols has given a good explanation of he's back on form and everything else now. He won last year's Chalo Hurdle at Newbury, so he shows the class of the horse. And he absolutely made a mockery of uh, one of Fergal O'Brien's horses in a two-horse match at Plumpton after he got beaten at Newbury. So he was priced up at 6-1 to one earlier in the day, but I've just looked as I'm talking to you now, he's already into 9-2 to two with most firms. There's a little bit of five to one left with some of them. So leg two for us is going to be stage star in the 1210. Okay, thank you. Moving down to the 1240, the horse that everyone booed last year at the Cheltenham Festival, Delta Work. Uh, I don't know if you remember it. He was in the race with Tiger Roll, and he came and picked Tiger Roll on the running, and it was Tiger Roll's last ever race on the on the race course before he retired. So uh, Delta Works, known as the Boo Boo Horse, because everyone boos him when he runs. Uh, but his form is absolutely outstanding, and he normally needs a run or two to get back into the spring of things each year. But he had his debut, his seasonal debut run back in November, and he actually won that. So it just shows the form that the horse is in. And I think he'll be in tremendous condition coming into this race, where he's got form that's standing out, and the second favourite, Manila Times, who won the Grand National the year before last. He's not actually got a very good record at the moment. He's been pulled up, brought down, finished third, pulled up again, whereas Delta World's proven at the moment and come out and had a winning seasonal debut. So... Four to one paper price is on offer at the moment around Delta Work, so we'll have to wait until the bookmakers actually open him up. But he's going to be leg free for us. So the 12.40 race there, leg free, Delta Work. Right, you are. Final, the final one that we've got is the 150 race, and it's a local horse from Harry Fry's yard, the Kevin Brogan riding it, and it's Phoenix Way in the 150. 
Now, this horse absolutely bolted up at Ascot on the 22nd of January in 2022. Now, he went to Kempton next time out in the Coral Trophy, and he was back for about 16-1 to 1 into 6-1 to 1 favourite. And he jumped the third fence at the back of the field, and Phillips Hobbs horse, Zanzar, absolutely took the front legs out of him, and he had no landing gear to put down, and he, actually, he just crashed out of the race, so he didn't have much chance there. He then went over to Punchestown and again was very well backed and uh, he was reported to have been struck into during the race and got pulled up. Now, that was his season last year. He had a very good win and then two very unlucky runs. Now, he came out on the 27th of December of Welsh National Day over at Chepstow and it was absolutely horrendous conditions. And he came into the home straight, absolutely swinging on the bridle and it was only the last furlong and a half he blew up, otherwise it, it looked to me visually that he was going to come through and win the race very nicely. Now, taking that into consideration, and he's had a seasonal run, I think we're going to see a very, very big run from Phoenix Way on Saturday at Cheltenham. He's priced up at the moment 14 to 1 with six places on offer with Hills. So he's going to be our leg four, and he's going to be our each-way banker of the weekend as well, if anyone just wants to have a single bet instead of having a lucky 15. So that's what we've got for you this week, mate, and hopefully the frost will stay away and we'll get a meeting on at Cheltenham on Saturday. Well, it's looking pretty positive at the moment, isn't it? So I think we'll be OK. Um... Yeah, they're all about putting frost covers down uh, the once it gets to 7 or 8 degrees today to keep the heat heat into the ground and not let the frost back into it. Yeah. Uh, I know frost is forecast Friday night into Saturday, but it's not a major frost that we've been having, so I think we should uh, get get away with having a nice meeting there on Saturday. Nine races on as well, so uh, it's going to be a long day up there, so uh, we shall see how we get on. Well, enjoy it, they say, in America. Well, that was Dave Wilson. Looking forward to Cheltenham tomorrow. And now we're going to catch up with Colin Brown a little bit earlier in the show this week. That's going to throw a few people out of sync, isn't it? Well, good afternoon, Colin. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, we got rid of a bit of uh, frost and um, very cold weather in our area, which is sort of like uh, Oxfordshire. Yeah. Not too far from Cheltenham where... Uh, Hopefully, the nine-race meeting will go ahead the weekend because uh, the Clarence House is uh, being carried from Ascot last Saturday. And uh, then the cross-country chase, which were to be run in November, but the ground was too firm then, um, is also going to be run. So anybody going to shot on the weekend, they're going to get their full share of uh, racing, nine races, gosh. Now, listen, you're, you're a man in the know. I want to yeah. know, why is the Clarence House... When it was uh, when it was scheduled to run, the prize money yeah. was ninety nine thousand pounds, right? Yeah. And the prize yeah. money now has suddenly dropped to fifty five thousand pounds. Any idea why? I, I do not know. I'll be perfectly honest. Mm. Maybe it's something to do with a sponsor, as in if you know Clarence has Chase basically was lost to Ascot. It's probably just like the name carries over. Um, and I see Albert Bartlett is the sponsor, your friend, because you're quite fond of potatoes, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it could be that, I suppose, because well, Albert Bartlett. I, I don't know is the answer. I'll tell you why I asked the question, because um, uh, I was talking to Joe Tizard this morning, and uh, 
we were talking about it because he had um uh, what's it called um something sky um oh anyway he had a horse in it i can't remember what it's called now but we'll come to it um and there was only three runners when it was due to go at ascot right. And of course, he was thinking, "Well, that sounds all right. I mean, even if I, if, even if I, as long as I jump round, I'm going to get third yeah. money, third place yeah. prize money, which is going to be worth a few bob." Of course, yeah. now suddenly there's six races, uh, six runners, and the prize money's dropped. So he was a little yeah. bit upset, I think. Yeah, I think he was. I mean, they need to look after owners and prize money, basically. Don't they? They've yeah. the races, race, you know, worth X prize money at one meeting. I don't suppose they had to. Well, pay another entry. So I don't, I don't know. Is the answer? I don't no. know. No, Interesting just, though. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm just having a look now. If you Maybe just... one of your listeners could write into you or something. Yeah, who knows? Right into. Yeah, yeah, you see, the winner gets fifty-two thousand uh, at Cheltenham, whereas, like I say, so I don't know. Anyway, anyway, let's move on to Doncaster. Yeah, let's start at Doncaster because it is fantastic racing here. Uh, the weekend and the first race at Doncaster that uh, I'm going to go to is at um, one second. I'm just moving my 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 pages across. The first race that I'm going to go to at Doncaster is the one. Can't find it there. How silly is that? But here we go. Right, it's the 135. Okay. And. Uh, it's the MND Association Race for Research, uh, Lightning Novices Chase. That's research into uh, the motor neuron disease, which uh, a great mate of mine died a couple of months ago, Doddy Weir. Uh, he's been fighting it for about four or five years. Uh, um, terrible, terrible disease. Yes, isn't that so awful? I, oh, one of one of the um, one of the Oval Town uh, staff. He uh, well, he's an ex ex player called Marcus Stewart. He was he was a, a, right. a very successful player for Ipswich and um, uh, Huddersfield, I think, was another one. But he scored a whole lot of goals. Well, well, he was transferred for a lot of money. Anyway, he's on the staff at the Oval now, but he's he's just been diagnosed with it. So I can uh, understand your concern. It's a horrible disease, isn't yeah. it? It certainly is. Yeah. And uh, a great friend of mine who was born and bred in. Uh, Doncaster has got a runner here, trained by Harry Fry. We've tipped it up before. It's called Boot Hill. Yeah. And this one won at uh, Kempton over the uh, Christmas period. It was second at John Bong in early December. It won at Ascot uh, and Newton Abbott then in October, November. He, he's a very good horse. He's got Tommy's Oscar to beat, probably. Um, and on some of his hurdle form, possibly shouldn't beat Tommy's Oscar, but I think he would have. Um, I'll be perfectly honest, he's a really, really good horse. Um, and uh, he's going from strength to strength. And he's ridden by a guy called Johnny Burt, for me, is one of the best jockeys riding. He's got real good racing brain. He doesn't hit the front too soon. He doesn't throw horses' heads away like some of them do, rain flapping everywhere, and go for a stick too early. He's a good jockey, this one. Keep your eye on him, listeners. Uh, Johnny Burt, he's called. JJ Burt rides Boot Hill, and that will win the 135 there at Doncaster. You can put it in a double if you like because um, Epitaph comes here. Second to Constitution Hill the last twice. And that was in the Christmas hurdle and in the fine fifth hurdle. And that's Epitaph in the uh, 205 race there at Doncaster. Looks a good thing. Five to two on, but 
you know, you can have an hundred pound win double or so. Boot Hill and Epitaph, they'll both win. Okay. Al- Albert Bartlett's getting a little round a little bit with its sponsorship. Um, he's a he, he's a he's a great fellow, Ronnie Bartley. He's had some very good horses in the past with various trainers, including uh, Willie Mullins and uh, Gordon Elliott and uh, uh, Nicky Henderson. And uh, in the Albert Bartlett River John hurdle. Um, this is a really, really good race. It's a bit of a trial, trial if you like. And um, I, and, uh, I mean, rather, uh, uh, Albert Bartlett trial, should I say. And uh, there's a few good horses turning up here today. Uh, there's a horse come over from Ireland. It's one of his last three races on the bounce called Grand Soir. And uh, I would think this one won't be too far away. Although Nichols runs a horse in the race that costs a few quid and he's got all the right entries. It was a winner at Newbury last time out, as well as the point to point the time before, uh, called Stay Away Fay. And I just really are just going to shadow with that one. Out of a good mare called Augusta Bay, I think this can win. Stay Away Fay. That's the third leg, maybe, of my treble up there at Doncaster, along with Epitant and Boot Hill. And okay. that's in the 240. That's in the 240. Now, you've probably spoken to um, Jamie Snowden. He runs a very good horse in the Skybet Handicap Chase 100 Grand Race called Garlaw. Now, this was a winner at Cheltenham in November. Won nicely. Talking about J.J. Burke, he takes the ride. He's gone up eight pounds for winning then. But um, he's a type of horse that will like this track. And I would say this one, Garlaw, around about three, four to one is the one that they've all got to beat. Garlaw, um, from the stables, as I say, of James Snowden. Have you, have you spoken to him for your programme? No, I haven't spoken. I'm going to in a minute, but um, uh, I haven't spoken to him yet. I usually ring him about half past four or five o'clock. So, uh, OK, we'll... and then he's on for Friday night. Exactly, Lovely. yeah. Well, well done, you. Well done, you. Right, um, here we go. Um, mm. Right. There's nothing else up there that I really fancy, I'll be perfectly honest. So I'm going to pull stumps there and say, right, that will... Oh, yeah, one more I've just found. I've been watching this horse. Actually, it's called Great Diange. And it runs in the 350 at Doncaster. Again, ridden by J.J. Burke, Johnny Burke, for Tom George. Owned by Tim Sider, who's had some good horses in the past. This was a winner off... 105 the other day at Huntingdon. Um, they popped it up only five, four pounds actually. Looks awesome. It's a bit of an improver. Hasn't had that many runs. Um, called Great Dange in the uh, 350 at Doncaster. That oh, okay. is Doncaster for us. Now we got, gosh, we got some races. First race is 11:40 at Cheltenham. So you know, you need to be sort of like. Sleeping overnight in a car park, you're coming from from a little way away. Mm. Um, and the first race is the JCB Triumph Hurdle Trial race that I won a couple of times when I was riding back in the day. And that's how long they've been sponsoring this race. They've been sponsoring a long, long time. Um, so what wins it? Decent horse in it, by, trained by John Joe O'Neill, ridden by John Joe O'Neill Jr. Called Comfort Zone. Um, reasonable form. In Ireland, won a maiden hurdle at Navan quite easily, beat 22 other horses. And then it was a winner at Chepstow on um, 
boxing day. It won the Coral Finale there, Grade 2. I just did enough to get up the beat kicks and goes at Covernet with Perseus way back in third place. That's the Gary Moore horse. That's very good form because that's come out in one since. So I reckon this wins comfort zone in the first race at Cheltenham. Okay. All right. Second race on the card is the 12-10 time form novices chase. Another race that I won. I remember one day beating Andy Tunnell, the great late Andy Tunnell. I won a Jim Joel's horses. I was on Coombs Ditch. That was a long time ago. What wins it? I'm not sure. So I'm going to move to the next one, which is Glen Parks' cross-country handicap chase. Well, this is over the, you know, the funny fences, the, like it was bent course throughout the middle there. And yeah. I really don't know what's going to win this. But do you know, there's a horse that has tumbled down the handicap by about 20 pounds. I've been keeping an eye on him. And he's a well-capable he is. In fact, on the 11th of March 2020, he beat Tiger Roll off of a mark of 152. John Joe O'Neill's been running him all sorts of different trips and hurdle races and God knows what. And he runs in the cross-country chase here. And I think he'll take the beating. He's called Easy Land. He's about 6-1. to one. So that's the one I fancy in the 1240. Okay. Them. Radio. Edward Stone takes on, um, oh gosh, how do we pronounce this? Uh, and, uh, do you know, I can't remember the, how you pronounce this horse's name. The thing of uh, Willie Mullins. Uh, Enigubi, yeah, it's a difficult one. Yeah, 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 number four. But I think that Edward Stone will win. I think he's a good horse. He won the um, Arkle last year. I think he'll win that. And that is at 120. So we've got some fantastic racing here uh, and then on to the Paddy Power um, handicap chase at 150, some very good horses turning up here, I mean a real competitive race if you like um, Tom Cannon, he's doing well he rides one for Lord Vesty here, and Ben Pauling trains it, it's won a couple of races not without a chance uh, Spirit of the Games is a horse that often runs well here at Cheltenham, and um, you know, wouldn't be without a chance of the third uh, at the Cheltenham Festival to call Cody, who the game runs today. Um, another interesting runner here is Dan Skelton's All Mankind. Now, you know, back about two years ago, this was a top, top class horse. They've been very slow to drop it in handicap, but um, it's got some real good form of it. The bounce back to his best, but it's 33 to 1. So I'll take a little chance here. With uh, with the horse that um, you know was 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 third at the festival, spirit of the games, little each way with Harry Skelton in the saddle horse number eleven in the one fifty. Now nine races on the card here. I think Mary will have a work cut out right and all these kits down and get them all together and put them on a betting pad, and taking them down to the bookmakers down there in Dorset. But, ah. um, yeah. She's, I think she's won a few quid over the last couple of weeks. How did we do last week? Nothing, was it? Because it was all wiped off. Oh, uh, yeah, the week before then. The week before. <laughs> you had four winners the week before. Ah, that's where she... I think she had those in the Yankee and won about £2,000 or so. Oh, yeah. So, well done to you, Mary. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, mm. she's raking it in. Good punter. Yeah. Good punter. Yeah. That's what I call it. Noble Yates. Sean Byrne rides this one for Emmett Mullins. Winner of the Grand National, of course, and won last time out uh, 
at um, Aintree as well as Wexford the time before. This is a really good horse. A horse that actually could end up being a proper Gold Cup horse. And I think Noble Yates can beat Protector at the Hoyt and your Road and Dusart and Sands Russian here. I think he's a very good horse. So best of luck to him. Sean Bones has been lucky enough to get the ride on him. So that is the 425 at Cheltenham. What are the, the 225, should I say? 1425. Noble Yates. Righty up. Cleve Hill Hurdle. Gosh, this is such a good race in here. I won this also a couple of times. It's called Buckby. She was very good back in the day. Bread and Dorset. Down in Dorset. Uh, and she won this race. Uh, the favourite here is Paisley Park. And do you know what? Oh, Paisley Park. Looking like he sort of lost it. But he's rather come back in there over the last mm. um well he certainly did in the know, last race went. he went past them like a dose of salts didn't he he did it hey doc yeah yeah, yeah um yeah no he, he women did at uh at um kempton should i say he beat goshen mm. so uh second to champ the time before that yeah he'll probably win paisley park uh in the <clears throat> three o'clock right the ballymore novices hurdle and that's at three thirty-five. What wins it? I'm not sure. So I'm going to skip that one and go to the 610 for the handicap hurdle, the last race of the day, two mile one, 30 grand to the winner. What wins it? I am on a horse of Harry, um, Harry uh, Fry's called Might I. Now, this horse has got really good form. He's about five to one. The ground was too heavy last time out when he was eight. The Botox has up at Haydock Park. Before that, he was second to Three Stripe Life at Aintree, and that was a, you know, that was a, a, a class one race. Before that, he was third to John Bon at Haydock, second to Constitution Hill at Sandown. Um, prior to that, he won a couple of races. He's a really, really good horse. This, I think, in the making, and um, he's gone up a pound from the form working out um, in front of his eyes. You know, when horses win around horses, um, even if they're staying in their stable, they've still got the blooming handicap sometimes. I think he's got a real good chance uh, today of uh, going very, very close. The other horse I quite like in the race, the horse has got sort of similar form to him in places called Picar, but he did so disappoint in really heavy ground at Newbury last time out, but um, not without a chance that the ground's good here at Charlton, which it is, I think it'll be good, good and soft, I would say. Uh, John Pullins made a good job of the track there and um, it's not been easy when it's freezing and snow and heavy rain and everything, but I think they're going to be sort of good, good to stop. Um, so that's what I think, but I'm going to stick with my tie, number three, in the 410 race at Cheltenham. So that's your lot, listeners. Enjoy your weekend and I hope you're back a few winners. Thank you, Colin. I'm sure they will if you're uh, on form and it's about time you hit some form, so uh, we will all hope and uh, yeah, should be all right. Should be all right. Exactly. And I'll Good be stuff. I'll be sitting at home in front of the fire, and yeah. uh, whilst you'll be working ever so hard, won't you? I will be working ever so hard. You'll be there with your oval team. I'll be there with my gin and tonic. Mm, well, this is it. Yeah, oval team. That'll be the day. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day. Right then, sir, thank you very much. Um, We will speak to you again next week then, I guess. We certainly will do that.
Take okay. care. And Have you. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Now it's time for a quick scoot over to Gloucestershire and catch up with Richard Phillips. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Uh, looks like my optimism is going to be correct and Cheltenham is going to be on. Yes, with a bit of luck, we'll get some absolutely first-class racing for the first time in a few weeks um, on Saturday at Cheltenham. And, there's, of course, there's the big race at uh, Doncaster as well, the Skybet Chase. So, lots to look forward to this weekend. So, what's your best uh, best efforts then on... Uh, well, we start with Cheltenham, really. Can you... I you're not going to do all the races, I'm sure, but what are the, about the big races? Well, every race is interesting at, the, at Cheltenham on Saturday, but uh, I think we'll concentrate on the Gold Cup champion hurdle and, of course, the Stayers hurdle. And, uh, again, when it comes to the Gold Cup, we've got the Cotswold Chase, which is always a good indicator of, uh, of the Gold Cup picture, as it were. Protector Act is the favourite from the um, stable of... Daniel Skelton, who's having some great Saturdays this season. And, of course, very impressive last time out, winning at Haybuck in the Bet Fair Chase. But uh, Protectorate goes there as favourite. Second favourite is um, last year's Grand National winner, Noble Yates, who was so impressive in the Many Clouds Chase at Aintree recently. Uh, and, we, of course, we've got a Hoy Senor run there as well. He's been a bit disappointing this year. But a Hoy Senor, um, who, well, his owner is Peter Russell, uh, father of Lucinda, trainer, uh, sadly died at the age of 95 this week, but uh, it would be a great story should Ahoy Senor come back to form. And it wouldn't be absolutely impossible for him to run a great race, but uh, Protector and um, Noble Yates have been so impressive on their last races. Their first and second favourite, I expect them to put up a big show. Tell me something, Richard. The um, I forgot the name of the race now. The one that was, that was at Ascot and they, they postponed it and brought it down here. Uh, the Clarence, Clarence House, House yeah. Clarence House, that's the one. Now then, when it was due to run at Ascot, there was only three runners. Uh, the prize pot was something like £100,000. And my pal Joe Tizard had uh, his horse, Amarillo Sky, I think it's called. Uh, and he was working on the principle, I think, that, OK, he probably wouldn't win it. But, uh, you know, the prize money for third would have been far better than for an average race. Now, all of a sudden... The prize money seems to have about halved, and there's six runners in it. Why, you know, why does that happen? Well, it's to do with sponsorship. Obviously, uh, the sponsorship was for the Saturday um, at Ascot, and there is a algorithm, if you like, that how these things are prize moneyed out. Uh, so it would have had sponsorship for that day. So they're putting this race on um, because it's a valuable trial for the Queen Mother Champion Chase at the festival. But um, it wouldn't have the same backing. But so, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot to do with sponsorship and where they're positioned, yeah. Right, OK. That's that explained then. Well, talking about that race, what do you think is going to win it? Well, it's, it's probably a two-horse race, to be frank. Anergamine and Edward Stone are first and second favourites. Uh, Anergamine, last year's Queen Mother Champion Chase winner, very impressive uh, that day. It was very impressive on his debut. Edward Stone was very impressive in the Tingle Creek at Sandown. And his first run this year, then came down at Kempton on the day after Boxing Day, uh, where he looked just a little bit too fresh and had a little bit of a guess at one of the fences down the far side. But Edward Stone should give an Ergamine a real race for, for his money, as it were, although it's half the money, he should give him a real race. But um, I think an Ergamine will probably win. Uh, probably will be odds on for the race. But uh, should there be a chink in Ergamine's armour, Edward Stone looked very good when winning at Sandown. 
Right. Okay. Well, hopefully that Amarillo Sky will come third for Joe. <laughs> well, I don't know whether he will. Well, yeah, possibly, but there's um, there's a few in the six in it now, so it's a yeah. stronger race. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what else have you got for us, Sam? Well, we've got the Cleve Hurdle as well, over three miles, which is a trial for the Stairs Hurdle. And Paisley Park is a very short price favourite for that. Mm. Uh, Paisley Park is an absolute legend, but he, he'll give the frighteners to you most of the time and if you back him because he goes and finds his flat spot, although he's most impressive at Kempton last time. And although on his form he should win, I don't think he's really back on proposition. Uh, Jelena Bello is the second favourite Paul Nichols is. He's a nice young horse, stepping up in trip. Um, they've always thought a lot of that horse. And uh, also, Dassel Drasher, who's a real money spinner. He's been a great horse um, over the last couple of seasons, especially over fences. Yeah, he's, uh, but, he's uh, from down our way. I know. He, he looked very good the other day when running uh, behind Maria's Rock at, um, at Cheltenham. He ran an absolute cracker, and I could see him running another big race. He's a huge price, actually. Doncaster, or have you finished at Cheltenham yet? I don't know, I've lost track now. Yeah, yeah, well, the Cheltenham, there's, there's novice hurdles, and juvenile hurdles, and handicaps, uh, but again, there'll be pointers towards the festival, but um, we could go on for several hours about what was fancied in those races, but uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's a case it's a case of just having a look and learn and see what horse is impressed and what is the trials weekend at Cheltenham. Yeah, okay. uh, But at, at um, Doncaster, we have the Great Yorkshire Chase, as it was known as, now the Skybeck, and the, a competitive race, but Galore, uh, who won at um, Cheltenham earlier in the season, Galore always looked like being a very promising horse, and was out with an injury, chained by Jamie Snowden, who was most impressive at Cheltenham, and they've got big ambitions for this horse, and uh, he'd have a favourite chance, I think, in the Skybeck handicap chase at Doncaster. Okay, thank you very much. Well, certainly uh, we we might be getting a bit more of an insight into Garlaw's chances because my next phone call is going to be to none other than Jamie Snowden. So um, he's usually he's usually pretty reserved in his uh, assessment of his horses. But I mean, he's been having a pretty good run. I mean, they won. Uh, was it yesterday or today? Gitmaker. Oh, it's a lovely name, that don't you think? Gitmaker. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, one at Catrick. Yeah, he's a decent horse, and uh, yeah, Jamie's having a great season. So. Uh... He, he looks as though he's got a good one in galore there. Yeah, I think so. Okay then, Richard. Well, look, thank you very much for that. Let's uh, let's hope we can uh, win a few quid uh, on sun uh, on Saturday, I should say. And uh, look forward to speaking to you next week. Look forward to that, Aidy. Okay. Very kind. Thanks, Richard. You're a star. Thank you very much Ma indeed. Many thanks. Cheers. Bye. And now we're going to catch up with the trainer of a very fancied horse at Doncaster on Saturday. It's Jamie Snowden. Right, well, hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show again. Um, busy weekend, Cheltenham and Doncaster. Where are you going, Cheltenham or Doncaster? I think I'm going to go to Doncaster on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, well, with Garlaw. Yeah, so we got two two up at Doncaster and two up two at Cheltenham. So, um, yeah, Gar Garlaw and park this one, head up to Doncaster. So what chances Garlaw got? Seems to be quite well fancied. 
yeah, well, obviously he, he won the, the, the big Paddy Power Gold Cup at Cheltenham in, in November. Um, he's got obviously gone up in the handicap as a result of that. The form of that race has worked out really well. Um, we know that we, we, we won that through stamina, so we're going up in trip here from two and a half to three miles. Um, he's got to carry top weight, um, but, but you know, he's got top weight for a reason because he's a good horse. Yeah. Um, no, he, um, he, he's in good order and, and um, yeah, listen, he, he, he goes there with, with, a, with a decent chance and let's see whether he can be more than just a handicapper. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Park, this one? I don't know much about him. So part of this one, he's won a bumper and two novice hurdles. He was fourth in the grade two uh, just before Christmas. Um, he won with the penalty just just on New Year's Day. Um, and he's going up in trip as well. He stays, he jumps, he's honest. He's up into a grade two here, which um, is a very, very competitive race. But um, he's, a, he's a hardy chap and, and um, hopefully he can give us running. Okay, and then switching to Cheltenham, then that's all right, Gino. Um, what chance has he got? Well, he's a he's a smashing horse. He's done us very very well. Um, he 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 won over hurdles at the track last year. Um, he's been a decent novice chase over two miles at the start of this season. We're going up in trip. We just felt that having um, having gone up the handicap over two miles, we feel that that two miles is is just a little bit short for him now. So he's another one going up in trip and. Um, and as long as if the ground isn't isn't too bad at Cheltenham, hopefully he would have a chance. Well, if you get as much luck as your football team did, I think you're going to have a successful weekend. Well, 3-2, three, three, it was a good result, wasn't it? <sighs> Waving a leg around there to deflect a ball going wide. core oh, jammy, 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 yeah. jammy. It was a good game. It was a good game to watch, Eddie. Uh, it was, yeah, that was good. I, th I thought we did very well, really, but uh, just... Yeah, I mean, it was, to be fair, Arsenal were pushing towards the second half, uh, towards the end of it. So, But I must admit, I thought it was a jammy goal. But there you go. That's me. Never sure. mind. Uh, it, uh, win by a short head and it all counts. Yeah. As we say in cricket, look in the book. <laughs> yeah. But look, best of luck for the weekend, Jamie. I'm, I'm sure it all will be. And I shall be watching. And um, hopefully you have a very successful one. That would be very nice. Thanks, Eddie. OK, well, fingers crossed. Speak to you next week, Jamie. Thanks a lot. Thanks. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden. Looking forward to a, a pretty busy weekend uh, at Doncaster and Sheldon, of course. And now we're going to catch up to finish off the show with Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. Well, evening, Simon. Um, busy weekend. and You've got some hot-off-the-press news for us. Well, as we speak, um, Aidy, the uh, meeting at Cheltenham on Saturday, which looks an absolute cracker because not only does it include the usual races like the Cotswold Chase, uh, which is always a feature at the end of January, but uh, we've also got the uh, re-assigned um, Clarence House Chase, which, of course, was uh, called off from Ascot, and that features Edward Stone in Ogimendi, uh, winner of the Queen Mother Champion Chase and an editor de Gheet. Uh, so it's a, a, that's a, a fantastic contest. And we've got a big handicap as well, along with that Cotswold Chase and the Cleve Hurdle as well, with Paisley Park running in that. So a lot to look forward to on a fantastic car. But they are inspecting at midday on Friday for Cheltenham. And there is a little bit of a concern that the uh, 
freezing conditions are not melting quickly enough. And there is a possibility that the meeting could be switched to Sunday. So it may have a better chance on Sunday, but that does show a little bit of flexibility, doesn't it, on the, on the behalf of um, both the racecourse and the BHA, that they are uh, looking into possibly moving the, the meeting to Sunday if it doesn't survive the inspection, if Saturday comes a little bit too soon. Uh, by golly, we need it because it's been such a grim time, hasn't it, for mm. people that like jumping. There's been st- no jumping at all, really, of any note. No. And uh, this meeting on Saturday, Charlton, looks an absolute cracker. Um, eight races on the card, two, uh, two or six, nine races on the card, I should say. And it would be a very big shame to lose it. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the trainers would feel the same way, mm. given that uh, many of them will have had this meeting as a target uh, in the run-up to the Cheltenham Festival in March. Yeah, but presumably the clerk of the course will be working that much harder to get it sorted out then. Well, I, I think they were hopeful that the temperatures would rise enough to... Um, to uh, loosen things up because the track has been frozen in places yeah. but maybe there are two stubborn areas and uh, you know the club feels John Pullen said that they were hoping for temperatures of 6-7 degrees and that that would probably just solve the issue but um, if the temperatures haven't gone up that much I don't know about Cheltenham where I am in the southeast. it's been a very cold day here again mm. uh, a wet day as well at times but these temperatures are not really going up significantly. No, quite. Well, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed, but at least, at least everybody will now know what the situation is. I mean, it's Thursday night where we're recording this, um, uh, but yeah. hopefully they will, uh, uh, you know, check up and make sure they don't make a wasted trip. Well, that's right, and it'd be fantastic if it could be switched because, um, you know, there are some splendid races. I mean, the Clarence House, obviously, is a a grade one race and uh, the clash between Energimen and Edward Stone, Energimen, the winner of the Queen Mother champion chase at the festival last March and Edward Stone who won the Arkle and reappeared to win the Tingle Creek chase at Sand and that was an eagerly awaited clash and it, and it still could be something special and throw in Editeur de Gite who won at Kempton over Christmas in terrific style, well, that's going to be a fantastic contest and uh, probably a race to watch rather than have a bet in. I actually think Editor Jujit could uh, shake them up a little bit, providing it's not too testing once the ground uh, uh, melts a little bit. Uh, it just uh, It might be on the soft side for him at um, Cheltenham. He's got good ground. He's got good form on soft ground. And he's got excellent form at Cheltenham, but I just think on very testing conditions, uh, the hill at Cheltenham just sometimes seems to just catch him out a little bit. He'd be hard to beat if it's not too testing, actually. So I don't think it's just a two-horse race. It could be a three-horse race for that Clarence House. And on last season's form, Funambul Sibola, who hasn't been at his best so far this season, would also uh, warrant a lot of respect as well. Um, and then the, the Cotswold Chase, well, this is a a fantastic clash between last year's Grand National winner, last season's Grand National winner, Noble Yates, who's won his last two starts, and Protectorate, who uh, was so devastatingly impressive first time out this season in the Betfair chase at Haydock, just seems to get a little bit better every season, Protectorate, and ran third to Aplutar in the Cheltenham Gold Cup last March, so that's a, a fantastic clash, and uh, if there's any any flaws in Protectorate's stamina, 
in soft ground over the spit three and a quarter miles or three miles in a furlong on this course, then Noble Yates will be there to pick up the pieces because he clearly stays very well. And throwing Frodon into the mix as well, also it's won seven times at Charlton. Well, that's a fantastic race, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, you know, they all are, aren't they, really? Um, any, any other races you can particularly uh, focus in on? Well, the Cleve uh, Hurdle is uh, uh, one of the uh, main staying hurdles in the season, a grade two race. Uh, Paisley Park uh, came back to winning form last time out at uh, Kempton, probably outstaying G Goshen on that occasion and previously run second behind Champ at Newbury in November in the long distance hurdle there. It just really depends how it falls for Paisley Park, but he's got a very good record, of course, at Cheltenham. Um, he won this race last year, beating uh, Champ by three and a quarter lengths. And at Cheltenham, I think the course gives him every chance. He's won the race uh, earlier as well. He, he won it in 2020, beating some of the boys. Fantastic career, Paisley Park. It's a little bit of a small field. If they go really slowly, that might not be ideal for a horse that clearly stays exceptionally well. But I think Dashiell Drasher, trained by Jeremy Scott, is in there. And he's he's a natural front runner, and he'll try and uh, force the pace. Might just play into the hands of Paisley Park a little bit, but Dashiell Drasher doesn't seem to have any other way of running. And you've got Jolino Bayo, trained by Paul Nichols, who mm. uh, was a very good novice hurdler last season, had a fall at Kempton over fences over Christmas. His previous two wins over fences this season has worked out very well. He looks a really nice horse, and uh, he's an interesting runner uh, going back to hurdles from fences. Both of them from Somerset, of course, which is uh, encouraging. Um, <laughs> well, no bias involved there. No, none at all, none at all. <laughs> um, what about uh, Doncaster? Yes, well, Doncaster looks more or less uh, pretty good to be on. Um, if Cheltenham does fail to survive on Saturday and even on Sunday, but uh, on Saturday, Doncaster, it's the... Uh, the Skybet chase, and uh, this is always one of the more competitive um, handicap chases of the season. And uh, the top weight in this is Galore, who won the Paddy Power Gold Cup at Cheltenham earlier in the season. And um, I think he won that so, that day, and I think many people would agree by staying because uh, he wasn't um, really uh, in the picture for much of that race. But then he came through very strongly in the closing stages, beating French Dynamite. Um, getting up uh, on the uh, run-in and then staying on clear from French Dynamite with Midnight River back in third. Midnight River's reappeared, returned to Cheltenham and won, net, uh, won subsequently. And fourth, Il Rodoto, who's also run well since. The form looking OK. French Dynamite, who was second, has run OK since as well. Now, Galore, uh, he did have an option of running at Cheltenham, but I think it looks to me as though Jamie Snowden has favoured this race for better ground. Most of this horse's form has been on fairly dry ground, not on deep, soft ground. If Cheltenham goes ahead, it's going to be soft for sure, mm. whereas a Doncaster going description is good. I think that's going to be ideal for Galore. Stepping up to three miles for the first time, as I say, in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, he looked as though two and a half miles was now an absolute minimum for him. Um, and I think that um, the step up in trip could be uh, significant. And I know they've got eyes on a Gold Cup down the line. He's only a seven-year-old. They'll have to uh, win this here 
of 150 if he's going to be a gold cup horse one day. He's got 12 stone top weight, but nevertheless, I think he could take plenty of beating. Well, the, the phone was red hot for me speaking to Jamie Snowden about uh, 10 minutes before I spoke to you. So, uh, yeah, you're really? right. Um, yeah, he was saying that they've uh, they've upped him in uh, distance just a little bit because they think he's capable of doing it. And whilst yep. Jamie's not one of the sort of, you know, yeah, it's going to win, he's, he's I think yeah. it would be fair to say he's quietly confident, but um, he does appreciate that he's got a, you know, it's a tough race and it's, it's going to, it's got to be won. But, um, you know, you seem to sort of yeah. think he's got a good chance as well. So uh, it all points to uh, possibly a good weekend for Mr. Snowden. Well, it's, it's you know, it's, it's quite a tough task for any horse to win a, a major handicap chase like this under 12 stone. But um, if you look at um, most of the others, uh, you know, you've got a horse at Windsor Avenue who, yes, he won it last year and he's not badly handicapped on that, but he's been out of sorts this season. You've got Cloth Capu, like Windsor Avenue, is an 11-year-old. You know, is he ever going to recapture some of his best form? T for free is progressive, but up in class. And a few at the bottom of the weights, like Java Point and Shanty Alley, mean, they have chances. But, you know, this Galore has won one, already won a Paddy Power Gold Cup. Mm. You know, he's developing into a very good horse. And I think that uh, round Doncaster, which is, you know, apart from Rose Hill, is a very flat three miles. I think there's every chance he's going to stay. And if he does so, that he's more than capable of carrying the weights to victory. Yeah. And are you going to uh, Cheltenham on uh, the weekend? Or well, assuming it's on, of course. Mm -hmm. To be honest, my plans are a bit open at the moment um, because if Cheltenham goes on uh, on Saturday, on, on sorry, on Sunday, then I'll be going to Fontwell. Um, if not, uh, because they uh, ITV will obviously be covering the racing from Cheltenham on the Sunday yeah. and I will um, be deputised for Richard Hulls at Fontwell. He's going to do Fontwell. So it's all very much up in the air at the moment, depending on whether Cheltenham survives its inspection. OK, then, um, Simon, well, look, let, let's hope that uh, it all does go ahead as scheduled and we get a, a decent card uh, of racing and, uh, you know, the weather's a little bit warmer and everybody will be happy, I hope. Let's hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. The weather—it's getting a bit boring, isn't it? This weather. And mm. I did see a long, a long-term forecast for February uh, from the Met Office. Came through on the on my news line this morning, I think. That um, another cold snap is in the offing oh. during February. Oh, so gosh. there's more good, <laughs> more good news. Yeah, more brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Simon. Thanks very much for joining us again. Um, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Okay, Adrian, all the best. Thanks a lot, Simon. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That is the end of a very busy show. Um, so I'd like to thank my guests, Joe Tizard, Simon Holt, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson, and, of course, Noel Feely. So uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it, and I hope we come up with a few videos for you. So until next week, this is Adrian Hopper saying thanks for listening to... The Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. Good night.